Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Film Buds podcast. This is episode number 148. And my name is Henry. This week, I am joined by, uh, once again, by Paul Davis. Paul, hello. Hello again. It's good to have you on, man. Thanks for coming coming back. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be back, as yeah, always. Uh, now, our friend Jacob Bowers, or Jacob number one, as he's also known, he was supposed to be here. We don't know if he's seen... Um, don't know if he's seen the movie actually <laughs> um and we did have to rearrange the, the the time and so we're hoping he's he's just a little bit late he may show up maybe maybe not but we'll we'll figure it out if not we'll get him on sometime soon uh this week we have a review of the mulan remake which uh, is available on vod and i think it's going to be on disney plus in about a month month and a half maybe and then we have a listener question concerning the validity of iconic movie holidays like Alien Day, Back to the Future Day, because, of course, that is what is on everybody's mind right now. That's what people care about. Um, so we're going to tackle, tackle that. Then we have a pick of the week, you know, all the all the usual stuff. So thanks again for joining us. Guess we should say we are recording recording this Saturday, November 7th, mm-hmm. Biden and Harris have won the election. Yeah. Congratulations to them. And it's been quite a week for everybody. Been quite a few years for everybody. Paul, how you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you know, as far as the election is concerned, you know, the presidential election is is certainly decided now regardless of of georgia or north carolina and on top of that uh you know we still have to of course keep an eye on the senate races because there's a runoff election in georgia uh that's going to happen in january part of it's over but not the entirety of the uh u.s election process Um, but beyond that i'm feeling great i'm celebrating a week of being married it was wonderful. Congratulations again. Thank you. And I'm close to being done with uh, the piece that I mentioned that I was writing the last time that I was on. It's nice. just shy of, of 13,000 words right now. Jeez. Yeah. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Maybe the next time that I'm on here, it'll be done. So Yeah. Will, will there be a way for us to, to access it, to, 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 to read it, or is it going to be in the vault for a while what what, what <laughs> i'll probably eventually post it somewhere i'm sure but i'm not sure exactly uh when or or how sure sure well uh 
Oh, and I, I uh, should uh, jump in here and say, we got a message from Jacob, and he said he did not see the messages about the, the new time. He is tied up at work, so he will not uh, be with us this week, sadly. But we'll get him back on some other time, so don't worry about it, man, if you're listening. Probably isn't, but that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. All right, well, Paul, any anything else you want to mention, man, before we get into Mulan? No, I've got nothing. All right, cool. Well, yeah, let's get into our review of the Mulan remake. And we do have a clip, so take a listen. Do you know why the phoenix sits on the right hand of the emperor? She is his guardian, his protector. That she's both beautiful and strong. Your job is to bring honor to the family. All right. Mulan was released, uh, I guess, a month or two ago. It got delayed a little bit from earlier in 2020. And it's directed by... (laughs) It's directed by (laughs) Nikki Caro. It stars... Sorry about the the name butchering. If I do, Yifei Lu, Donnie Yen, Lee Gong, Jet Li, Jason Scott Lee, Yosun Ann. And that's about it. And the synopsis is a young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father. (laughs) So uh, this was a big, a big deal when it was announced. Uh, Some controversy amongst other things. And it was supposed to come out right around the time of, I think, right when the pandemic hit. And so it got delayed and and didn't get released in theaters but paul you you said you had seen this one back in the summer was it no 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 no, not back in the summer but back when it came out um i saw it when it first dropped uh i went and you know i have a disney plus account and so i did the whole oh god what was the stupid name for it the the premiere access that's what it is right which i couldn't do like through uh, the app that I tried using at the time, like on the TV or something, uh, I had to go onto my laptop and like do it like through that or through my mm. phone specifically. And so I was very irritated. It was a whole process because yeah. I was like, Jesus. And so, yeah, I spent the 30 bucks to go and, and watch it. You know, it was only worth the 30 bucks because I watched it with four people. Um, <laughs> if right. it, if it had just been me and my wife. I probably would have been a little bit more grumpy about having having spent the thirty because I fell asleep for a solid a solid portion of the film. Sure. Um but I gotta be frank with you, I woke up and I realized that I missed nothing. <laughs> so I guess that's my first comment on the film mm. as well. <laughs> now, are you cause haven't been on the show too many times yet, ha- are you generally a fan of the live action Disney remakes, have you liked them for the most part? Disliked them for the most part? Oh, I uh, I have disliked them for the most part. Is there a one that I like? I mean, Jungle Book's okay. Mm. It's inoffensive. Not, um, a, not a Lion King fan? I haven't watched it. Oh, Paul. <laughs> I didn't care. You know, I, I saw Beauty and the Beast at... Jesus... 
I spent the money on this. Uh, I saw it at Grauman's <laughs> Chinese Theater, like on opening night, and I almost fell asleep during that. So, no, I'm not overly fond of the live action remakes. Not a Maleficent fan? I still haven't seen it. <laughs> Paul, you're missing out on so many great gems here. I'm not. Uh, I know I'm uh, not. That, that, that's fair. So, yeah, I I like, as I've talked about on the show before, I really like historical epics, military, you know, war epics like this. And so I that was my main reason for seeing it. Oh, actually, I should ask, Paul, do you like the original Mulan? Are you a fan of that? Yeah, I love the original Mulan. It's actually uh, my wife's father, my father-in-law's favorite of the Disney Renaissance films because he loves military stories. I quite enjoy Mulan. I think that it's a great one. I'm drawn to some of the more sort of B-level, I guess, Renaissance films, you know, Mulan, Hercules, stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the original one, uh, personally. Yeah. On that, I am not like... I know some people absolutely love the original. I I like it a lot, but it's not one I really grew up with. Uh, I think I got to it pretty late, and so I don't have that connection to it like many did, and maybe that's why many people were upset that it was being remade in this way, but... So, in a good way, I, I guess I went into it fairly blank, and it was just a historical action adventure epic, and overall, I liked it. I did find that it felt long-winded and <laughs> to, to say the least and there were times where it felt somewhat hollow yeah I, I i think probably my biggest issue with it is with these this kind of story arc character arc is you kind of you have to wait about halfway through the movie for her to become the character that I, not that she should be, but the, I think at times what is the most interesting. While d- the development of a character, of a hero, can be interesting, I think that you're kind of waiting a long time for sh- for her to get there. And I don't know if that much time was necessary. Because it's a pretty familiar kind of story, and you get, you get a connection to her fairly early. I, I found that the two halves of the movie were a little uneven. What do you think, Paul? <laughs> Long-winded, I think, is a good place to begin. The first one had really wonderfully, you know, succinct storytelling. And, you know, of course, it utilized musical numbers. And it kind of has the same problem Frozen has, where, like, part of the way through the movie, it just sort of sputters out and stops being a musical. I think, overall, it still overcomes that that issue narratively. With the new movie, they talk more, and yet they give me so much less. I mean, this movie is, Mm. like, what, two hours long? Yeah. And somehow during two hours, I feel less connected to, you know, her, her fellow soldiers, to her love interest, you know, and... It, it just feels so chocked full, but none of it feels meaningful in any way. You know, it's, it's mm. again, it's, it's what I call empty calorie filmmaking. It's, 
you can eat a lot of it and yeah technically it'll make you full but like it was all wasteful you know you're it's it's yeah. junk it's it wasn't restorative or, or purposeful in any way and so I had actually going into it pretty high expectations. I liked the idea of kind of doing, you know, a a Chinese cinema Mulan film. You know, I liked the idea of, of the sort of high wire action stuff. And so I was pretty open to the idea. And, you know, even besides the controversy, you know, around our lead actor and her comments regarding, you know, Chinese politics. I still thought that the Mulan live action remake had the most potential for me, actually, for a way to take it and make it different. And once I found out that it wasn't going to be musical, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. We're going to have something like actually meaningfully different here, you know, than, mm. than these shot for shot practical, you know, remakes uh, of all of the other ones. And they were like, you know, no more dragon. And I was like, okay, fine. And that instead we got just the shittiest looking CG Phoenix that I've ever seen mm. in my life. You know, it looked worse than the Phoenix in the Harry Potter films that are much older. So oh, yeah. then I got to the film and we started watching it and it just, it absolutely killed me. Like it was just dull. It was talking me to death none of the character motivations made sense to me anymore um, because I felt like they were overly plotted and convoluted. Um, you've got this witch that's all powerful, but she's giving in to this dude just because, and he's not much of a villain. Like he's not nearly as menacing as our, as our original Mulan villain. And he's just not menacing in and of his own right. Not even in yeah. a comparative way. And yeah, you have that scene uh, you know, with the matchmaker, where in the first film, scene. uh, is it, is it Henry? Um, <laughs> and literally by no like sensical way could you, could you decipher that outcome to be, oh, it's, it's Mulan's fault. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. She, she was just doing what was right because she knew that someone else was going to freak out in the room and mess everything up. And the matchmaker was like, you're going to do what I say. And she was like, okay. And she was trying to not make a whole thing out of it. And I guess you could say that she could have told her that there was a spider underneath it, but like she was just trying to casually move on. Just let the thing pass, you know, let it right. be. Uh, and so, like, then this woman gets a whole cob, you know, and <laughs> it's just. No, no I, 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 feel, I feel you there. Yeah. Well, t now talking about uh, good things about the movie, I did visually, I thought it was very good. It was well designed, like the costume, oh, yeah. production design, all that stuff is very good. I That the director, she did The Zookeeper's Wife with Jessica Chastain, the World War II drama from a few years ago, which. I, I didn't love, but I, I liked as well. And it is well directed. I think there's a really cool sequence montage of her. I guess it's right before they go to battle and she's it's like a dreamy kind of montage editing sequence where the cuts are aligning with her sword swipes. Mm -hmm. 
and and all of that I thought wor- worked really well, and, and it's very elegantly put together. I think the the witch relationship with Mulan was probably the most interesting of the movie, even though they kind of come out of it, they inject it very inconsistently. Like I was kind of wanting more of that, and I felt like she would just kind of jump in and out. Also, one thing with the battles is that the trailers and how it's directed is like it makes it out to be very grand like epic like almost like lord of the rings kind of battles but the sequences whether it's the direction or maybe just the the concept itself i felt like the battles were kind of underwhelming it seemed like that there were just these little small almost guerrilla armies that were coming together and they they didn't really feel that epic at all or that compelling and so that was a little disappointing because i was thinking let let's make this the lone ranger paul let's have the train sequences you know all that stuff let's get gore in there you know all that good stuff but so in that way i i I liked the avalanche sequence that was that was quite good but overall i did not enjoy the action as much as i thought i would well i mean and maybe that's just my inexperience with the original no i think that i think you make a really fair point it didn't have any kind of... Okay, so, like, Lord of the Rings is a great example, right? So, when Peter Jackson made the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, one of the first things that he spent, at the time, Miramax's money on was a pen camera, a whole bunch of scale soldiers, and cardboard scale models of all of the sets of the major battle arenas. Mm. And he's a massive you know, war history buff. And so he sat down and he planned out all of the battle sequences. And that was the very first thing that he did. And he sort of sat up, you know, and, and used military strategy and figured out how to do all of those battles. And that was the very first thing that he did. So then you look at the battles of Mulan and you're right. They, instead of going for, you know, epic, battle sequences for what's supposed to be sort of this massive war film definitely do go for just the one character in the one area with like a small batch of of enemy soldiers kind of thing Mm. you know where they dispatch them you know along with their with their few trusty companions and and then that's kind of the end of the battle Mm. and i think that that's why it feels so sort of small scale to you is because they definitely make it you know, in the wide shots, you know, it, it looks like it could promise more and then you get into the actual action of it at all. Uh, and it just, it feels very much, you know, shot on a set, small scale, 20 bad guys. Yeah. Fight them, beat them, yay. Which now it can work, but I think in the way in which it's presented, it feels, Choppy. it doesn't really work. Yeah. 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 It doesn't, yeah. Doesn't vibe. Mm hmm. Although when she comes out on the horse from the the valley, great stuff, Paul. Great stuff, and she's doing the the little tricksies and all that. Great stuff. <laughs> um, well, what what are some other things about the about the movie, and or and perhaps even comparisons to the original that 
Well, I guess uh, in terms of things that I, I I like, just to be fair with the film, of course, everybody gets mm. one. Um, you know, I do, of course, agree with you. I do like the design. I think that, you know, there's some really good visual elements to it. Um, I love the actor that plays her father. He's tremendous. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, did, did you like the, the lead actress? No. Um, no? I thought that she was flat. I thought that she was pretty bland. That's... I felt like people were either bland or over the top, uh, and she landed on the bland spectrum for me. Her love interest was also on the bland spectrum for me. Yeah, see, I I, I liked her. I I just didn't think that she had chemistry with many no, people. No, there was no chemistry so. uh, between her. Uh, there was certainly no chemistry between her and her love interest. Um, there wasn't a lot of chemistry between her and the other guys, sort of in the in the platoon with her. I'm not sure why they felt the need to split the sort of military leader and love interest figure because it just added more people to the crowd. Mm, right. You know what I mean? Like what what did that add? When we're looking at it just in a in a very critical sense, did that expand on anything in any kind of way? Did that complicate anything in any kind of way? No, because then the love interest guy just kind of got to sit by the sidelines and didn't have to make the difficult choice of still banishing her. Mm. Uh, and our military guy then just got to be, you know, a one note hard ass until she suddenly came back and had the right idea. And let's talk about that, by the way. Please. So she gets kicked out. And it's like, never show up again or you'll be killed. And then she comes back and she's like, here I am, and there's no sort of struggle or strife or even threat that she might be beheaded. You know, there's no her having to, like, really make a case for why she shouldn't be. She just rolls up, says some stuff, and Donnie Yen goes, Well, I all right, I guess we should listen to you then. Paul, she, she does, like... Like a handstand on a horse. What other convincing do you need? <laughs> <laughs> you know? But no, that's that's fair. I, I think that I, again, the 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 arc of the story definitely has its ups and downs in terms of the consistency. I, I think there were parts where I was very engaged, and other times I was not, and I was just waiting for the big moments to happen considering what the the story is and the even just looking at the the budget you know which was massive apparently and where did it go did like, i don't know yeah also talking about lord of the rings there were a lot maybe one too many lord of the rings nods certain you know compositions visuals like we get it nikki you like it we all do <laughs> or most do but that, i mean that wasn't a that's a, just a nitpick I like the Disney, or I'm always curious about the Disney live-action remakes. I'm always curious because you can, if done well, you can reinvent, re-envision a story, and it can be done really well. And I think there have been a few that I, I quite like, but this does fall a little bit short. It is maybe up there with the better ones, but I, I do think no, it it's not. does not. Um, yeah. <laughs> because there's no such thing as a good Disney remake. So... That's not a not a Cinderella fan? No. Paul? So Oh boy. <laughs> Here's Hating on Kenneth. 
Here's here's the problem with Disney live action filmmaking as it currently stands. Uh, it lacks vision in any kind of meaningful way. Uh, it is creatively timid. Uh, I think is the best way to describe it. Uh, and I think the worst way that you could describe it is money hungry. And that's because when you look at the choices that they have been making over the last few years, it has all been about chasing whatever audiences say that they want, which is always nebulous, A. Uh, but B, if you just give them something easy, of course they're going to just accept something easy and go along with it. You didn't challenge them. You didn't cause them to think. You just gave them the leftovers and they were like, oh yeah, I like this meal. And then you just kind of move along and you cash in on that and you find a way to continue to do that and you brand that and you package that and you sell it. And that's clearly what they've been doing. And it's because they made big losses on movies that people didn't respond to. And for whatever reason, the films that they made, people didn't respond to. And I get it. Whatever. Tomorrowland, I haven't seen it. People Best didn't like it. Best film ever made. <laughs> you know, and like, look, Lone Ranger was just bad. I can't help oh, you Paul. with that one. So, and as for Tron Legacy, <laughs> I think that it's a little underrated, but that that's one man's opinion. Um, is it a little classic and it's a narrative? Yes, but dear God, is that one of the best cinema soundtracks of all time? Oh, yeah. Um, and so... And it's visually stunning, except for weird rubber-faced Jeff Bridges, but that's beside the point. Yes. Um, you know, I think that if you really go and, and try something and also give it to talented creators who know what they're doing, who have a distinct vision, then you get art. You know, you look at Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and even though I disagree with some of the decisions of it, War of the Planet of the Apes, that's a, a director who had a clear vision on what to do with this character that he inherited from Rise of the Planet of the Apes and how to truly turn it into something that was epic in scale and was a whole new take on the franchise that was just as valid and was also entirely different. You know, you can go through and you can, you can entrust things to people, you know. Look, I don't care if, if any of you hate it, you're idiots. Uh, the Last Jedi is a great film, and mm, it's I, because... I agree. Exactly. Ryan Johnson was a guy who took something, and he had a vision, and he furthered what Star Wars could be with that movie. And so if you give talented people with ideas, with fresh ideas, and, and you know, creative vision the, the range to work... And if you let them take bold choices with the content, then they can reinvent it into something that's spectacular that will also make money. Mm. Um, just look at what some of our great horror directors have done lately. It is by no means anyone's uh, slouch. Uh, look at Jordan Peele. He's killing it with his horror films. If you let bold mm. directors do bold things, whatever the, the genre is... People will want it. And instead, yeah. Disney has has decided to go for the opioid of the masses. They've just decided for nostalgic pablum. 
uh, and it's dreadfully dull, and that's why I'm also hating The Mandalorian Season 2 so far. Mm. Yeah, Paul, b- bottom line, give Gore Verbinski the jobs. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, no I, I, I agree with you. I, honestly, I think a lot of my positivity about a lot of the remakes is just because standards have been lowered yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Not just with Disney, but uh, with uh, a lot of these remakes, reboots, whatever, whatever you want to call it check out Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, so, you know, um, yeah, uh, but overall, it's just as a, again, I went in kind of blind, and so overall, I did enjoy it. It's by no means a, a masterpiece or best of the year, but just as a somewhat different action historical blockbuster, I liked it in that way. Um, no, that's and, fair. Yeah, and... and I in terms of the it feeling long winded and its epic feeling, or or I guess at times want to be epic feeling, is it either should have been a half an hour shorter or an hour longer? <laughs> yeah, actually, so like, yeah, like, really. Yeah, so like it, you know, the I guess the the original is less than ninety minutes, I would think, or a, about that probably. Not a um, clue. We could look that up probably. Yeah, 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 or we can leave that one for the listeners a little. Mm-hmm engage you know they can uh do your homework <laughs> yeah i'm a teacher it, do your homework <laughs> yeah interactive there it either should have been quite short and just been a somewhat simple tight live action remake or it should have been like you know transformers 4 which is the one i always go back to it should have been you know 165 minutes three hours long and for better or worse it would have had an epic feeling you know what i'm saying like like the hobbit movies so long, needlessly long. They don't need to be that way, and they sh- they shouldn't. But in a way, their epic feeling makes me appreciate them in a sense, you know. And I, I think this could have done this a similar thing, whether it ends up resulting in a worse movie or a better one. Mm. To me, but no, you make a good point. I mean, that's what we're going to get with the, the the Snyder cut. You know, we're going to get more of it. Oh, yeah. It's going to make it worse somehow. So yeah, yeah. What what could a two extra hours hurt? You know? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Screw it. Yeah. I'm trying to, is any, anything else about Mulan, Paul? Any anything else about the the D- Disney remakes or or the original? The original used song really cleverly to just get to the third act and that's exactly what frozen does right and to an extent Mm -hmm. kind of tangled but tangled also has a little bit of song right there at the end because you know it's got the recurring like song with the hair but that's beside the point yeah it really just mostly uses it to kind of like really quickly explain your characters some motivations some plot beats you know and just kind of get you to the third act so then you can wrap up that story with a nice little ribbon, have a reprise of whatever your big song is from the movie. Bada bing, bada bang, bada boom, it's done. And so Mulan is is very enjoyable, you know, I like it a lot. And as far as like the Disney Renaissance films go, it's one that is certainly like a favorite of mine, but I definitely recognize as not necessarily being like one of the best, you know, if you compare it to like Hunchback of Notre Dame, like get out of the way, you know, the elephants in the room. And so 
As far as the Disney remakes go, I haven't found the one that I was like, yeah, that was worth my time. And that definitely bums me out. But no, like, you know, again, I guess Jungle Book is probably the one that I was like, yeah, it looked good. But You, like, you had to have liked uh, Guy Ritchie's Aladdin, Paul. I didn't see it. Oh, uh, Paul. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. They don't matter. What are they yeah. doing? Nothing yeah. new. It's pointless. It's Sisyphusian. I might as well just, I literally just might as well watch the original and you can't tell me that there's a new point to any of the new ones. There's no point to Nassim Pedra in, in Aladdin. Oh good. It's a, it's a female character. Does it still pass the Bechtel test? No, because if I'm not mistaken, pretty much every time that they talk, it's about Aladdin, which is the main character of the movie who's a man. So you still didn't pass your Bechtel test. So <laughs> it's it's just... It's frustrating, and I hate them. And as far sure. as the animated movies are going, they're fine. The Disney digital renaissance is... Hit or miss. History. <laughs> yeah. I want someone like a Michael Eisner back at the helm. You know, I want mm. someone who's making choices. Bob Iger is a consumer. That's exactly what his mode is. Uh, you know, his entire reign of Disney has been focused on acquisitions. He started out small with things like Pixar, things that he already had tight bonds with. And then he moved on and he started growing his boy brand for, you know, the, the counterbalance to the princesses. Now we have the superheroes. Uh, and so, you know, he slowly bought his way into it with Marvel. And then he went and he got Lucasfilm. And so his entire reign with Disney has just been focused on acquisition. And it's not at all in any kind of way focused on the artistry that did at one point matter at the House of Mouse. And that's also why they are no longer printing discs, which is an axe that I'm going to grind until they bring them back. So mm -hmm. help me. Uh, because you shouldn't get to have complete control over the history of your archive. It's not up to you anymore. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, out of five, Paul, I'll go three and a half. One. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan. So, all right. Well, uh, let's let's get to our listener question. So, the Film Buds podcast at gmail.com is the address that you can reach us at. Also, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Paula, I know you you know that one. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, and so, please... Uh, oh, and that's at Film Buds uh, on social media. Please, if you have not yet, send us a question, a comment, a hello, uh, you know, whatever. We love hearing from people, whether you're a new listener or if you've been listening for a long time. So the one we have this week uh, is from, this was on Twitter, I believe, and it's from Sadie Laney. And she says, hi, buds. What is your take on iconic, quote unquote, movie holidays or celebration days? I guess you could, you could also call them, i.e. Alien Day, Back to the Future Day. Is it purely a commercial trick? Or is there some merit? <laughs> Thanks so much. Paul, I, I have, I, I hate to say it, I have so little experience with these days. I, 
I'm curious if you if you have you you must be the expert. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the only Batman day as well. I guess is another. The only day that I can think of, sort of that's like cinema related, that I guess, and I guess it's a back to back thing. Uh, the only two that I recognize, and it's only because of the the pun of it, is May the Fourth and uh, Revenge of the Fifth, mm. which are you know the two back to back sort of Star Wars days. Um, Great ones. I don't think it matters much to me. I don't know if it's a commercial ploy. I I guess I could go and look into the history of them. I don't... Please. I'll do that before my next appearance, and when I come back, Sadie Laney, you will get part two of of the answer to your question. Um, And, you know, I don't know. Um, They don't bother me. I don't keep track of them beyond Star Wars Day. And Star Wars Day Part Two. Um, yeah. No, I I don't really have an opinion. I don't think yeah. that. Um, I'm sure that they there's probably some sort of bump in revenue for those brands, but also like I've never seen an advertisement for Alien Day merch. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'm the same. I I don't really celebrate those at all maybe occasionally the star wars ones but i'll see you know pop-ups for alien day on social media things like that but i i I choose not to celebrate paul you know celebrate in my own way and um so uh i i don't I, i think there is as you said there is a bit of a commercial uh motivation there but you know i i think it's just people are obsessed with nostalgia these days and so like they're just desperate for anything or you know that harkens back to the the good old days and so i but they don't offend me i'm not angry when i say oh god it's alien day again you know or batman day whatever so i'm curious if there's anyone else who has the thoughts or if there is someone who chooses to celebrate those days Uh, hold on hold on hold on hold on please uh dear movie sort of themed holidays right alien day batman day back to the future day may the 4th things like that uh what's the question again do uh is there uh is there is it purely a commercial trick or is there some merit is it purely a commercial (laughs) trick or is there some merit (laughs) great dramatic use there I don't know. Paula's, I feel like yeah. if it makes you happy to celebrate it, then you should celebrate it. If it doesn't bring you joy, then like, you know, that's just one less thing you got to do that year. Sure. Yeah. Thank Paul used a lifeline. Hello. Congratulations <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the marriage. Go. I used my lifeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> she said it, she said it all. I yeah, mean, really. <laughs> you know, that's, that's it. Very succinct. Yes. Thank you. A- anything else about about the the, the movie days? <laughs> I don't know. Do I'm spent. I'm exhausted. Do people really care that much? I don't. Know. I don't think they do. <laughs> someone does. I mean, no, someone yeah. does. Someone loved John Lennon enough to shoot him. So um, <laughs> someone someone cares enough to celebrate Back to the Future every sure. every year. Mm. Sure. Paul, I always appreciate your frankness. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Yeah, that that ties it in a nice bow. So, uh, thanks for the question. <laughs> Sadie. Sadie, Sadie Laney, Laney. I'm going to I'm going to look up. I'm I'm making note of it. Research film holidays and I'm going to tell you you're going to get part 2 of this answer later. Yeah. Well, uh, again, the, the film buds podcast at gmail.com is at the address that you can reach us at. And again, Facebook, Twitter, and in- Instagram. So if you've not followed us there yet, you're missing out big time. Join the mailing list at thefilmbuds.com. Join the Patreon at patreon.com slash the buds, all that good stuff. Thanks to everybody who's supported that and, and, and the mailing list. All right. Well, I guess we can end off with our pick of the week. Paul, you got any, any good ones? Any bad ones? I don't know. I've been a bit of a Debbie Downer. Uh, I should probably try and find something bright and airy to lift the dear spirits with of the listener. Um, you know what? Uh, I watched, okay. So little, little confession time. Hmm. Uh, so I managed to make it through all of high school and, um, all of college, you know, with a focus on film without ever having actually watched Pan's Labyrinth in whole. Hmm. I had seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I saw it till college, I and, believe. And so uh, on our wedding day for Halloween night, we we watched Pan's Labyrinth, and it was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, definitely worth the hype. You know, I didn't feel like it was over or underhyped. I felt like it was it was sort of perfectly at the level. So if there's, there's, there's so much cinema history and also so much, you know, new content constantly coming. I mean, not so much now, but you know, there's so much just in terms of even just modern film that has come out that it's easy to lose track of gems that have come out that, you know, are on some sort of list that you have in your head that you're always going to get to that you haven't gotten to yet. So uh, I guess my pick of the week is to pick something off of that list that you have in your head and to go and watch that because I did and it was Pan's Labyrinth and it was great. It's great. Is that your favorite Del Toro movie? Uh, no, my favorite Del Toro movie will always and forever be. Uh, and this is an honest to God, like gut react, like no joke reaction. It's Hellboy 2 with the Golden Army. Um, I absolutely oh, yeah. adore it. Uh, I think it's got great performances, great visuals. I think that it's a great comic book adaptation. I really, truly enjoy that movie. Pan's Labyrinth is probably, like, tied for first, um, just in terms of, like, his serious work. Although I'll, I'll have to try and give, you know, it's supposed to be the second part of, like, a loose trilogy. So I'll have to go and give, like, the the sort of theoretical first part a look and let sure. you know how I feel about that one. Please do. Um, yeah, I I like. I'm a big Crimson Peak fan. I know some people were kind of split on that. It's a I, good one. I liked. Yeah, I liked that one quite a bit. But I guess I guess his next movie is with uh, DiCaprio, I, Nightmare Alley, or something like that. I think that's coming in in the next couple of years. Who knows? That might be. Who knows yeah. what's happening with COVID anymore? Yeah, who knows how that man's mind works? Who knows what uh, studios will actually give him the money to do? Yeah. I tend to doubt it, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I I'll mention I rewatched Bottle Rocket. Oh, good one. Wes, yeah, the Wes Anderson uh, debut film. 
with Owen Wilson and, and Luke Wilson, which I still really like. It's just such an easy, fun watch. Owen Wilson and, and Luke Wilson have great chemistry, of course, and they're just both these like effortless actors, you know, and they can just kind of slip into these fun roles. And it's very loosely structured. Maybe at times drags a little bit just because there isn't really a plot or a narrative. It just kind of goes along at its own pace. But still just very easy, very fun, very, uh, very funny. And it's before Wes Anderson really gets Wes Anderson. You know, there's a little bit of symmetry there and balance, but it's still fairly loose in how it's directed. And not to say that his when he gets there that it's bad necessarily, but it's kind of cool to see him more relaxed. uh, Yeah. If you. Well, what about Wes Anderson, Paul? Do you, uh, what's your favorite? Um, okay. So, uh, first off, I, I adore Wes Anderson. Um, there's a great essayist who has done some really fantastic written essays that are published in a sort of, you know, compendium, uh, who's also done a few video essays that coincide with it. Uh, and he's been following Wes Anderson's career um, from the beginning. And Bottle Rocket, one of the reasons that it feels kind of weird is because it was originally a 16 millimeter short film, 16 millimeter black and white short film. So it was this sort mm-hmm. of boxy composition. And a producer saw it at a film festival. This is back in the early 90s, right? So this is still when independent cinema is having its heyday and you can go to uh, a festival, show a film that you literally made for nothing and overnight become someone. Uh, yeah. And he goes, he shows it, and someone is like, I'll give you just enough money to make it into like a feature film. And so that's what ends up happening with Bottle Rocket. And so then the Wilson brothers and uh, Wes Anderson, who are all native Texans, sit down and just kind of hash out and figure out how to make Bottle Rocket. And that's why it's kind of so loose and, and stretchy and, and sort of weird. And then he gets to, of course, Rushmore, um, which is like his first sort of Wes Andersonian film. And Take I. Take us through his career, Paul. <laughs> oh, I was just about to say, trust me. One I, by one. I can, I can. <laughs> I can come on and we can do a whole Wes Anderson episode where we just kind of uh, do it bit by bit. Um, We'll maybe we'll make it a a special episode. Um, Please. But as far as my favorites go, I do love Grand Budapest, but my, my first, my first Wes Anderson experience and therefore sort of my, my favorite and, and forever love will always be the life aquatic. Oh yeah. I remember you telling me that in college. Yeah. 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 Well, it's fantastic. Mr. Fox is mine. Oh, that's a sure. good pick. That's a great one. Yeah. 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 That waterfall is nuts. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Visually yeah, stunning. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so check out uh, Bottle Rocket if you have not yeah. seen it. It's a, it's a good time. All right, Paul. Well, uh, that's about it for me. Any Anything else you want to mention about anything in the world? <laughs> This is your only chance. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll never be on again. Um, congrats, everyone, on the election. Yes. It has been a hell of a doozy of a fight that has, you know, been been going on for, you know, 
some time now. But also this election certainly shows that there are real ideological differences uh, at play in this country. Um, and who knows, maybe the answers are somewhere in art. Hey, well said. But yeah, I, I agree. It's been quite a time and, and let's just see how uh, the next few years uh, shape up. You know, <laughs> We'll see. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I, yeah, I guess that is about it for the show next week. As always with uh, these days, it's kind of up in the air. There are, you know, tons of good choices. And if you have any suggestions, please feel free to write in about uh, ones you'd like to see reviewed and um, or comment on social media. Currently, I'm honestly just banking on Wes Anderson. I mean, just give me a reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm always down to talk about Wes, so that's that's cool with me. Uh, so yeah, we'll we'll keep you updated on that and thefilmbuds.com. You can check out all that stuff too. It'll be updated pretty regularly. All right. Well, Paul, man, it's great to see you. Congrats again uh, about the marriage. Thank uh, I'm you. glad things are going well. You're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we sure. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did, and we'll see you next time. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.